you so much for joining us this week at Zion City Church with teachings from Pastor Andrew Rael. We believe that God still speaks through His Word and His people. So right now, lean in and listen to the Holy Spirit. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and brings you into a deeper love and worship of Jesus. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Zion City Church. beginning of the year, the elders of the church get together and we, we pray about what God would have for us in the upcoming year. And at the beginning of the year, we had no idea what would unfold for us as a church in 2020. We had no idea about the coronavirus. We had no idea about the civil unrest and the things that are happening in the moment that we find ourselves in. But we believed that God was calling our church into the practice of prayer. You see, at the beginning of the year, we laid down what it looks like for us to become followers of Jesus, people who who follow in the way of Jesus. And we said that there's this paradigm of be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. And within each of those are practices in the way of Jesus for us to become followers of Him, to look like followers of Him. And one of the most key and influential ones is the practice of prayer. Now, we had no idea all the recent events that would take place, but it seems prophetic, and it seems that God was just orchestrating this in the heart of uh, us to be able to prepare for the moment that we find ourselves in today. You see, I believe that all the unfolding uh, events in recent moments are all an invitation from God for us to become people of prayer. I believe that God is is calling our church in these unprecedented times to unprecedented prayer. I believe that this moment that we find ourselves in right here, right now, is an invitation from God to lean into prayer like never before. Because we believe as followers of Jesus that prayer changes things. And so for us, over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about prayer and what this looks like and the different ways to pray, how do we pray, and how do we follow Jesus in the moment that we're in, in a life of prayer. You see, prayer is natural even for those who aren't necessarily close to the Lord. You see, prayer seems as a natural response to the realities of life. You see, we pray thanksgiving when good things happen, right? We say, thank God when good things happen, when a loved one makes it home safely, when, you know, your favorite sports team wins. We say, thank God, right? This this heart posture of prayer, of thanking uh, the God above it all, right? And even when things go bad, even people who aren't very religious find themselves praying, right? If there's anybody up there, if there's anybody listening, help me. Be with me. Show me, right? We have these heart postures of prayer. But the weird thing about prayer is that as natural as it seems at times, it is also a really difficult thing to do if we are honest. I don't know of many people that I talk to that are happy with their prayer life. Every single person I talk to, uh, when it comes to the topic of prayer, one of the first things they always say is, I wish I prayed more. 
You see, we have this longing within us to pray, but at the same time, we hide from prayer. I love what Richard Foster says. He says this, We believe prayer is something we should do, even something we want to do, but it seems like a chasm stands between us and actually praying. You see, there's a desire within each of us to pray, to pray more, to pray better, but yet when it comes to the practice of prayer, it seems that our brains scatter, our words are scarce, and our heart is distant. Now, I think one of the issues when it comes to prayer is that we have a bad theology of prayer. We have this bad understanding of what prayer is in the life of a follower of Jesus. I think for some, they view prayer as a, as a, as a task to accomplish or a skill to master, right? That, that prayer is for the elite Christians, right? It's those 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 faithful, um, kind of set apart, if we're a little bit honest, weird Christians, right, who are kind of disintegrated from life in the real world and have devoted their life fully to prayer. And we think it's like for the varsity Christians that a life of prayer is meant. We also build barriers, barriers rather, when it comes to prayer for a few reasons. One, some of us view prayer as a chore, right? Something we should do, but if we're honest, is a little bit taxing, right? When we think about carving out time to pray, it seems as though our schedules get filled quickly because honestly, prayer is challenging. We don't pray because sometimes we don't know where to begin, right? We have all these thoughts, all these emotions, all these things going on that when it comes to prayer, we can't really seem to find our grasp and seem to find a place to start. Another discouraging thing is that we hear people of prayer share about their prayer lives and we get discouraged, right? We all know those people who, 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 who say that they're up at four in the morning and they're seating for revival in the city or something like that, right? And then immediately we think about our prayer lives. And it's like, it's been a month since I've had a good solid time to pray that wasn't just these, you know, uh, uh, quick bursts up into the sky, but actually a sincere time of prayer. And these people are, are getting up before the dawn to pray, right? And they're praying for hours and hours. And we find ourselves when we pray, we pour out our soul in a matter of minutes for others of us we think that prayer is about getting what we want from God right that it's just about giving God your needs and your wish lists and him fulfilling those desires and for others we get around people who know how to pray and the way that they pray is way different from how we pray and we feel unqualified to pray right as these other people are praying you're like man they're using words i've never heard before they're like quoting all this scripture it's like i have no idea how to pray in comparison to that person i believe that all of those visions of prayer are shallow and un helpful. You see, the goal for this series is for us to develop a rich theology and practice of prayer in the life of our church. That I believe that God is calling us on our church specifically into a moment of prayer. I believe God is also calling us to break down and undo any barriers to prayer. And lastly, I believe that he's calling us to reawaken the imagination of what prayer can be. I believe that he's calling us to a deep and rich theology of prayer and practicing prayer in the life of our church, to break down and undo any barriers to prayer, and to reawaken the imagination as, as to what prayer can be. You see, as I said before, our world right now is in a moment of crisis. 
They're longing and they're looking for the king. I love the famous Mark Sayers quote, right? That they want the kingdom without the king. And I believe it is the call of the church right now to step into the role that is given to us by God. But the only way that God moves and the way that he wants to move is if his people pray. You you see, you track any moment in history and every single great moment where God breaks into the world was always first started in the place of prayer. One of the stories that comes to my mind immediately is the story of Esther, right? Esther is this is this this orphan who is who's put in this beauty pageant, right? She becomes the queen, the king's wife, and she's put in this position and there's a plot that is launched to kill her people. She's a Jewish woman and there's a plot uh, that's that's put out there to kill all of her people. And so what she does is she petitions all of her people to fast and to pray. And she prays that that God would give her favor as she goes to her husband, the king, who is erratic and unstable. And that's me being very generous and kind with those words. And who, if she goes into the room without him requesting her presence, he could have her killed immediately. And there's stories about how he treated the wife before her um, and how unruly he was. But Esther asks her people to pray and to fast and to ask that God would give her favor. And, 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 And you read the story of Esther and how God radically broke into that moment to save his people Israel through Esther but it all was seated in the grounds of prayer you see we know that as followers of Jesus prayer is something vital to our life yet we don't know how we don't know um, uh, good parameters into how for how for how we can pray what different types of prayer that there are and sometimes even losing the words to pray And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be walking slowly through the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Would you turn there with me? Matthew chapter 6. And this is in Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. He tells his disciples, he says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors. Or forgive us our debts as we forgive as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You see, all of this is coming off the heels of our teaching text in Luke 11, right? It's, it's a parallel passage in Luke where the, the disciples see Jesus praying and they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? And Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. And he leads them through the Lord's prayer. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be journeying through this prayer And as Jesus' disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray, we're going to ask Jesus to teach us as his disciples how to pray and the model that is set out for us and the roadmap that's set up for us in the passage that we just read. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be starting about, we're going to be talking about how to pray, right? Where to start. We're going to be talking about pausing in prayer. We're going to be talking about prayers of adoration and thanksgiving, prayers of intercession. We're going to talk about unanswered prayers and the prayer of relinquishment. We're going to talk about contemplative prayer, petitioning prayer, confession and forgiveness in prayer, and lastly, prayer as warfare. But all of this begs the question, what on earth is prayer? 
Like, what is it really? Like, we have these understandings, basically, that have been formed by culture and other religious settings where we kind of have a vague understanding of prayer, but what actually is it? We believe that prayer is best defined as this. Simply, it's a conversation with God. Now, we chose the word conversation very specifically because we believe that prayer is not a one-sided thing where we just tell God all the stuff that's on our mind, but it's a conversation. It's give and take. It's we speak his spe- he speaks. It's, 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 it's a conversation with God. And I think the most beautiful picture that we get is in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. You see, Genesis describes that um, Adam and Eve, the first humans, were walking with God and that they would take walks with God in the cool of the day and they would have these conversations with Him there. And that imagery of walking with Jesus and having walking and talking with Him is I think the most beautiful and accurate picture of what prayer is like for the follower of Jesus. Walking and talking with God about everything. You see, before there was sin and suffering, there was prayer. Now, right now where you are, here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine, close your eyes if it's helpful for you, and I want you to imagine that Jesus steps into the room that you're in right now. And if you're not in a room and you're outside or whatever, that Jesus steps into the space you're in right now. And he asks you, he invites you, he says, hey, let's go for a walk. And I want you to imagine in your mind's eye that you're walking side by side with Jesus through your town, through your neighborhood, through your favorite spots, right? What would you talk to him about? Right? Let's set aside the awe and wonder, right? And the freaking out for a moment that he'd be there. But if you were walking next to Jesus, what would you tell him? What would you ask him? What would you talk to him about? That is prayer. I love what David Benner says. He says this, Prayer is the soul's native language. It is what's most human about us is our need to pray. I love this beautiful picture that Richard Foster paints in his book, Prayer. He says this, we do, not, we do not need to be shy. He, being Jesus, invites us into the living room of his heart, where we can put on old slippers and share freely. He invites us into the kitchen of his friendship, where chatter and batter mix in good fun. He invites us into the dining room of his strength, where we can feast to our heart's delight, He invites us into the study of his wisdom where we can learn and grow and stretch and ask all the questions we want. He invites us into the workshop of his creativity where we can be co-laborers with him, working together to determine the outcomes of events. He invites us into the bedroom of his rest where new peace is found and where we can be naked and vulnerable and free. It is also the place of deepest intimacy where we know and are known to the fullest. The key to this home, that is the heart of God, is prayer. Many of us struggle to pray because we do not understand what prayer is. Prayer is simply talking with God, having a conversation with God. I know a lot of us have hindrances about talking about talking to God in prayer because if we're honest, it feels like He maybe doesn't want us there. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. The Father loves you. 
and he wants to hear his kid's voice. I think about my boys, and um, my son Ben is at the stage right now where he's got stories for days. Uh, not all of them map linearly, right? Like not all of them am I tracking with the story in totality, but my son loves to talk to me. And there's, there's not a moment where I don't enjoy hearing what my son has to say. It could be about Batman, Superman, and this great battle, right? It could be about what he did that day and how he went to Europa with his mom, right, and was playing with um, some kids there or whatever, right? It could be whatever is in my son's heart, and I love to hear it because I'm his dad, and I love to hear what's on my son's heart. And I'm just a human dad who has failures and who's grumpy sometimes and who's sleepy sometimes, but you have a heavenly father who loves to hear what's on your mind. You see, what you realize is that when you come to prayer, it's not that you've surprised God by your presence, but rather He's been waiting for you there the whole time. A key and important part of understanding prayer is understanding that prayer is about the presence of God. It's about you communing with Him. It's about you spending time with Him. You see, we can really quickly make prayer a religious thing, a thing of duty, a thing of uh, tasks and responsibilities. And it does have some of those elements to it, but prayer fundamentally is about relationship. The The marriages that flourish the most are marriages that are rooted in communication, right? It's when the husband and the wife are talking together most often, right? When me and my wife start to get chippy or annoyed with one another, it's because we haven't had these relational touch points where we can sit and talk about how we're feeling, what's going on, the stress levels that we have, how we're doing with the kids, things like that. And so we carve out these special times, uh, date nights every single week to have these touch points of how are you? How are you feeling? What's going on? And we believe that these are sowing seeds of strength into our marriage. The same is said of your relationship with God, that the strength of your relationship with Him is rooted in your life of prayer. Are you talking to Him and are you listening? Prayer is simply a conversation with God. You talk, He talks, and you walk through life's twists and turns together. He talks, you talk. And you walk through life's twists and turns together. Now this begs the question then, how do we pray? How do we pray? And I believe it's easiest set up in this simple format. The first is to start praying. And that's honestly the hardest part. The hardest part is showing up to pray. Because as you come to pray, you're going to feel all sorts of things wanting to pull you away, right? All the things you have to do, all the distractions at work, your stress level, your kids, whatever it is, you're going to feel all these things drawing you away from prayer, right? It is there in the place of prayer that suddenly you're overwhelmed with distraction. There's all these things, right, as you kind of try to carve some, some alone time, some quiet time. There's all all these things that begin to overwhelm you with distractions, right? There's all these little things that glimmer and shine that remind you, oh, this, that, whatever, right? As you come to pray, right, you begin to pray and suddenly you've drifted off to that week's grocery list, right? Or as you come to pray, you begin to drift off into all the tasks you have at work that week. Distraction sneaks its head into your prayer life. The next thing that I know a lot of people struggle with, right, is when you come to pray, doubts start to enter your mind like, am I crazy right now? Like, I'm in this room talking 
to the ceiling, right? It's like, I'm losing my mind. Is anybody up there? Is anybody listening? Am I just somebody who needs to be locked up, right? Because I've lost my mind. And other things is honestly disappointments is there's been times in the past where you've prayed and you felt that God didn't show up or didn't answer. And so now prayer for you is challenging. Look, it's simple. Just start praying. Look, you're going to have mixed motives and jumbled thoughts. Good. Bring them all to God. I love, as it's been said before, pray as you can, not as you can't. Not only, guys, are we saved by grace, but we live by grace. Meaning what? Means we pray by grace. Every single time you come to pray, it doesn't have to be a perfectly formulated, neat and nice thing. Just come. Just come with mixed motives, with doubts, with disappointments, with discouragement, with distractions, whatever it is, just come. And as you come to pray, God begins to move. You see, um, just open up your mind and heart and pour whatever's in there out. Just whatever it is, whatever in your mind and your heart laid out before Him. Because look, guys, God is not insecure. God's not up in heaven as you're praying and he's, he's, he's threatened all of a sudden that you're doubting. Or he's concerned all of a sudden because your prayers seem distracted. God is not insecure. He's a loving father waiting to hear the thoughts of his child. And prayer is about being with him. And so if you just show up, if you just come with all your baggage, with all your junk, with all your worries, with all your concerns, just show up. And as you pray, you begin to realize He's been waiting for you there with open arms, ecstatic to see you. So just come as you are and pray. He doesn't love you because He has to. He loves you because He likes you. Because you're His child. So just come. Just start. Just begin to pray. The next thing that I would say is for prayer is to keep it real. When it comes to prayer, we have these weird ideas in our mind of what prayer is, right? We get in the rooms with people who start praying in like some King James language, like God in the heavens who is most high and almighty, thou is far above the mountains and stretches far above the sea and your love shines like the noonday sun, like, right? And they start praying like that and immediately it's like there's a separation between them and God because they're praying for the people in the room. They're not praying to the Father who loves them they're praying to impress or praying to bring eyes upon themselves but listen God speaks your language and God is not surprised or offended when you come to him with what is in your heart we see this all throughout the scriptures right often if we're if we're honest the Bible is more honest than we are when it comes to prayer right we read things like David saying God, break the teeth in the mouth of my enemies, right? Is that a very, quote-unquote, Christian thing to pray? Can you imagine that you're here at a prayer meeting, right? And I'll go ahead and lead us in prayer. God, I just want to ask you, smash the teeth in the mouth of my coworkers who bother me. In Jesus' name, amen, right? Immediately, the room would get really awkward and worried, like, hey, bro, we need to have a conversation about anger. But these are the kind of prayers that pray in the Bible, Right, we think about the life of Elijah. That when uh, he's talking to God, um, and he's in this season of depression, he tells God, "Kill me now." He says, "Just wipe me out. Just take me out." And imagine that prayer. We're here at a prayer meeting, right? God, thank you for what you're doing in our city, in our world. Okay, Lisa, go ahead and pray. God, 
kill me now. Like, you're not here. You're not moving. Just smite me now. Kill me where I stand, God. Like, can you imagine that? But those are real and honest prayers. And these are the kind of prayers people prayed in the Bible. God is not shocked. God is not horrified at the things that you bring out because he knows you and he loves you and he knows the reality of living in a broken world. And so God is not surprised or shocked or in awe at the crazy things you might pray. But that is what prayer is for. It's conversating with God. And so what is most important in your prayer life is not that it's orchestrated, not that it's well thought out, not that it's these liturgies of prayer, but instead that it's real, that it's from you because that's what God wants to hear. God does not want to hear pre-described prayers. God does not want to hear things that are not in your heart. God wants to hear your heart because he loves you. So keep your prayers real. One of the things about prayer that it needs to be is messy. It needs to be messy because that's how you know that it's real. Right? When it's these beautifully orchestrated, well thought out prayers, right? There's this distance because this person's not being a person of integrity or wholeness as they pray. But we believe that prayer is supposed to be messy. God, I don't know what to do, and I'm frustrated about this, and I, I don't understand that, God, and I want you to move here. And God, would you help her, please? Because I know that she needs it. It's messy because it's full of life. And there'll be times when you pray thing, when you pray, you're about to pray something, and the thought will cross your mind. What I'm about to pray is not very Christian, and that is okay. God can handle whatever it is that you bring to Him. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says this, Lay before Him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. Here is what you'll find. As you bring your messy, real prayers to Jesus, this mixed bag of prayer, He'll take it. You'll talk to him about it, and he'll begin to soften your heart. He'll begin to allow you to see things as he sees things, and he'll begin to shift your heart. And this is the wonderful work of prayer. You'll see you'll come in frustrated and hot. God, I can't believe, and you never, and you always, right? You'll come in hot. But as, the, as you leave the time of prayer, you'll begin to see and feel God soften your heart. So we want to just start praying. We want to keep our prayers real and messy. And lastly, we want to keep our prayers simple. The next great mistake I think that we make is that we feel that we need to beef up our prayers, right? That our prayers need to be these big, thick, theologically exhaustive prayers. But look at what Jesus says in Luke 18. Check out this story. Luke 18, starting verse 9, it says this, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. He says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like any other people, or like other people, rather, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even go, he would not even look up to heaven, and he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. 
For those who exalted themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, we have this picture of a Pharisee. He's a religious person. He's a modern-day equivalent to a pastor, right? And this pastor is praying. He says, God, thank you that you didn't make me like all these other people. You made me better, right? That I'm not a sinner, a robber, or any of these things, right? And he says, and thank you that I fast and pray often. And thank you that you've made me so wonderful, right? And he's praying these kinds of prayers, kind of, beefing himself up and then off at a distance is a tax collector somebody who's rejected by society an outcast viewed as a traitor and he gets in the presence of God and he realizes his own brokenness and there's not many words but there's a spirit of humility and he beats his chest and he can't even look up to heaven and he says God have mercy on me a sinner Jesus says that prayer is the prayer that's heard. That prayer is the prayer in which God hears and justifies. It's not one of many words, but it's meant with full sincerity. We must keep our prayers simple. You've all been in those moments in those meetings where somebody's been praying, and they take it upon that moment to pray the most lengthy and spiritual-sounding prayer, right? In your word, Lord, it says that you made all things and we know that you made this meal, Lord. And in your word, it says that you are the Alpha and the Omega, Lord. And we believe that here today as we have meat and potatoes, right? It's like they're trying to really draw out this big lengthy prayer and try to quote all the scriptures they know, even if it's not even relevant to the meal that you're about to have, right? There's this person who prays like that. But the prayers God loves to hear are the prayers that are simple and straight from the heart. Prayers like, help me, teach me, show me, speak to me, hold me. Those are the kinds of prayers that God loves. You see, there's going to be so many times when you come to prayer and you have no idea what to say. And there's times when that happens to me and I get frustrated because I can't seem to put how I'm feeling into words. But it is there where the encouragement is just pray what you can. I love it in Romans 8. It says this, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Be encouraged in this. Even when you don't know what to pray, even when you don't have the words to pray, the Spirit prays on your behalf. Later in that same passage, it says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. Even when you don't know what to pray, God prays for you. Even when you don't know what to pray, the Spirit and Jesus are interceding on your behalf. Even when it is just a cry, a groan, weeping, few words, the rest is filled in by the Lord. So no matter what, you're covered. Just keep it simple. And so I want to sum all this up by bringing this all to a close and saying this. Right now, 
what the world needs the church to do is to be people of prayer because we believe that when God's people come together, humble ourselves, and seek His face like never before, He will break in into our world. And He will do what only He can do. Only He can bring healing and restoration. Only He can bring true and whole justice. Only He can heal broken hearts, bind up the broken, lift up the discouraged. Only He can do those things. And we need to be people who do our part by being people of prayer. So over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about different kinds of prayer. Because I know that a lot of you struggle because you feel that prayer is just like you're wearing somebody else's shoes. And I believe that for different um, heart postures and different um, personalities, that different kinds of prayer are going to be a lot more helpful than others. But I believe God's calling us to a whole integrated life of prayer. And so here's my pastoral word for the church. I want us to not just be people who talk about prayer, who have good theology of prayer, but to be people of prayer. I believe that this is a mark that God has for our church, specifically for our church, that we are to be a people of prayer. This has been something God has profoundly been speaking to myself and the leadership team, that this is the next step for us to step into, is to be people who are committed to prayer. So, a couple of things. One, book recommendations. If you're wanting to take this a little bit deeper and you're wanting to have further conversations around prayer and what this looks like, a couple of recommendations for me is Prayer by Richard Foster. Phenomenal book. Um, a basic introductory level uh, conversation around prayer is this. I would say How to Pray, a Simple Guide for Normal People by Pete Craig. Pete Gregg, rather. I would say the last one is A Praying Life by Paul Miller. I think all of these are wonderful resources for you if you want to take it a step deeper. Now, for us to get into practice. So, I don't want us to be a church who just talks about it. I want us to be a church who, who is about it. So, over the next several weeks, we're going to be going through the Lord's Prayer. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray the Lord's Prayer. Now, I know for those of you from Catholic backgrounds um, or have just kind of a disdain for that kind of, a, kind of a, a way of doing things that praying the Lord's Prayer can feel monotonous, it can feel ritualistic, it can feel religious. Gee, this is not a Catholic thing. This is not any sort of denominational thing. This is a Jesus thing. And Jesus is to his disciples, this is how you pray. And he prays the prayer. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray the Lord's Prayer slowly. Not just, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done, another day, right? But to really thoughtfully sit down, calm your heart, calm your mind, and pray the Lord's Prayer. And pray it from your heart as if you mean it. Not pray it because you know the words, but pray it as if those realities are true. So pray it slowly. Let the words of the prayer seep down into your soul. The next thing I want to encourage you to do is make time to pray this week. We get frustrated in our prayer life because we think that uh, I have no time for prayer, right? We have time to eat. We have time to sleep. We have time to watch Netflix, right? So certainly we have time. And we have time for social media. Certainly we have time for prayer. Now I get it. You're not going to start off as a prayer expert who's going to be like, first week, Monday morning, tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., meet me at the prayer line. I'll be there praying for two hours, so i got to get ready for work. Set goals that are sustainable. 
I want you just to commit to five minutes of prayer. Five minutes of prayer. That's it. Just five minutes to calm your mind and to start to pray. If you feel that there's nothing for you to pray for, there's nothing specifically pending in your life, I want you to start just giving God thanks for things. And just be thinking about things that you're thankful for. Even if it's simple as, God, thank you for my vehicle. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my kids, right? And just go through and give thanksgiving to God. But I want you just to pray for five minutes this week. Just set a time a timer. Whether it's on your drive to work, please pray with your eyes open, right? Whether it's um, at your lunch break, whether it's on your way home, whether it's after you put the kids to bed, whether it's the first thing you wake up in the morning, just set aside time to pray. Put it in your phone. Set yourself a reminder. Put yourself alarms. Whatever it is that you got to do for you, just set time to pray and do it and just pray. You're not going to feel like it sometimes. You're going to be tired. You're going to be grumpy. You're going to be hangry. Make the time to pray, and I promise you, you'll begin to see changes in your life life. And the last thing is this. Remember, just start, keep it real, keep it simple. Start, keep it real, and keep it simple. Hey, look, guess what? If you don't make it all five minutes, that's okay. If you make it two minutes and 15 seconds, if you make it 35 seconds, just start and see how God begins to meet you where you are. So wherever it is you're watching this sermon, here's what I want us to transition to next. I want us to just transition into a time of prayer. Where if you're just you by yourself, you just pray by yourself. If you're there with your community group, I want you just to break up into a couple groups of people and just pray. Pray about things that are happening. Pray about things that are going on. Let's be people who live this out here and now. And with that, I want to pray for you and your prayer life with God. God, I come before you and I ask you right now, Lord, in your son's name, that you would just lead us to be people of prayer. Lead us to be people who uh, live in the place of prayer, Lord, who are, are always communicating and talking with you, God, about what's happening in our world. Let us be people, Lord, who seek your face, God. And right now, we just want to pray over our city and pray that our church would be a beacon of light in this place that's looking for hope. We pray that you would give us favor, Lord, in our city. We pray that you would open up doors for ministry, Lord, and for further blessing of our community, God. And we pray that your kingdom come and your will be done in Los Unis as it is in heaven. And now I just want to lead us in uh, the prayer that Jesus uh, calls us to pray. The prayer, uh, the prayer formerly known as the Our Father. Let's pray this together. And if we, wherever you are, will you just stand in a moment of reverence? And let's pray this together in unison as a church, wherever we are. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Church, grace and peace. I love you. Enter in a time of prayer now with your community group or with the people you're watching the sermon with and see what God has for us this morning. Grace and peace. We love you so much. Take care. To see all the new content coming from Zion City, follow us on Instagram or like us on Facebook. And to partner with us financially, visit our website at zioncitychurch.net.